Hello, Texans. I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. Thank you so much for joining us again here on the podcast. For those of you who have been around, you know that we focus on Texas people, artists, idealists, entrepreneurs, hows, the whys. And today we're going to learn a little bit about ourselves. We're going to take this common theme. We, last time we had uh, Laura, she's a Reiki master. She was talking about energy. Ben's talking about energy, but in a different way today. But it's all linked. It's super fun. Now, the insurance agency sponsors this podcast. Go to GibAgencyDallas.com so you can get quotes on home, auto, health, life, commercial. We will close out this podcast with an insurance tip so you can go about the world a little bit smarter about insurance, a little bit of adulting things you never knew that you wanted to know. And now, on with the show. All right, Ben, welcome to the show. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Ben Bauer, and I um, teach uh, entrepreneurs, predominantly entrepreneurs and executives, how to transform themselves uh, and therefore, by extension, transform the results that they're, that they're getting in their personal lives and in their businesses. And kind of how I came to that briefly was um, I'd been in the mortgage business for 27 years, uh, various other businesses as well at the same time. Uh, very fascinated by quantum physics, neuroscience, epigenetics, you know, what's consciousness? What are we doing here? Like, wh- how is this game played? How do we interplay with it? And then I had a situation where I got put in the hospital with three very serious diagnoses. Any one of them should have killed me. All three of any one of them could have killed me. All three of them should have. Um, and I realized I had to implement all that information. And so I initiated it um, and got out of the hospital, lived obviously, because I'm here. Um, and I've now codified that information um, because I kind of tell people I went from hours away from death to about two short years later, thriving in every area of my life and rank was in the top 1% of all people in the mortgage space within a two-year period. So kind of struggling near death to totally turn that around. And now I, I teach people, I've codified that and I teach people and, and uh, those, those processes and how powerful we truly are. There's a lot of people that are in the coaching space. There's a lot of people that are in the mental health space. There's we had um, last week we had Laura Tolumbus on. She's a, a Reiki master, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting. The more people you talk to, the words may be different. As far as I'm going to do a projection, I'm going to pray, I'm going to put it out to the universe, I'm going to set my ras. But they all seem to kind of work the same way. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Yeah. So um, you know, the you mentioned the reticular activation system, also known as a RAS, um, which we're going to talk a lot about today, for sure. Yes. Yeah, it's a very powerful tool, um, and most people don't even know that that's going on, and that's controlling a lot of their results in their life. So essentially, everything is energy and information. It's a frequency, and that's not new agey. That's a scientific fact. Everything is energy and information, and um, we essentially are, life mirrors back to us who we're being. So whoever we're being is being played back to us in a mirror. And How do you measure, how, like for somebody who's like, hold, hold up, how do you measure energy? So to me, I look at it, we're made of cells, right? Okay. Um, we're made up of 70 to 100 trillion cells, right? Each one of those cells is made up of an atom. And there's 100 trillion atoms in every cell. Now, science 
shows atoms are 99.9999% empty space and really only 0.0001% physical matter. So what are we? If we're made up of cells, which are made up of atoms, but atoms are mostly empty space, what are we? Well, they're not empty at all. They're full of energy and information. And Einstein's talked about this. Um, Nikola Tesla, you know, he has a famous quote that says, if you want to understand the nature of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Einstein said, reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And what these two people are speaking of is that all of this is just energy and information. And our eyes are perceiving those frequencies of energy and information and translating to something that we think is real, but it's not very real at all, right? So that's the science behind it. And that's a fact. And in fact, the Nobel Prize for 2022 was awarded to two physicists that proved local reality isn't real. Like it's not physical at all. It's energy and information. What, right? what do you mean local reality isn't real? What is local reality? Our experience, our personal okay. experience that we're having here, all of this is our senses perceiving energy and information. And then we think that's real, but we're really, it's really not physical matter at all, right? And so our consciousness is a very powerful tool because we're constantly receiving information and we're constantly broadcasting information. And we condition our environments um, through um, that mechanism. I'll give you an example. I'm sure, you've okay, walked in, I'm sure you've walked into a room where people have been arguing and they may not be arguing now, but they had been arguing. You can walk into that room and you can feel the energy. Like you can go, ah, something, ah, something, I don't like this, right? That energy had been conditioned to that room by the emotions of those people, and you sense it, right, as a conscious being. Similarly, you've walked in the rooms, and the energy is fantastic. People say that all the time. Oh, I love the energy of this room. Well, what is that? People are broadcasting energy and information all the time. And in fact, there's two scientists out of the University of St. Petersburg that developed a, a device called the Sputnik device, and it measures the energy field around our body. And we have an energy field where we broadcast information up to 10 feet wide. They measured it. And they say it goes further than that, but their equipment only measures 10 feet. And How, what have, do they measure? They like measure temperature? The, the, yeah, the uh, electromagnetic field, the frequency. Oh. Of, yeah, they've, uh, they've measured the electromagnetic field around our body. So we're broadcasting information in this field and we're receiving information in this field. And in fact, there's a field around our head that they measured and there's one around our heart. So they've met, this is, this is a scientific measurement. They, this is fact, right? Okay. And the one around our heart is 900 times more powerful than the electromagnetic field around our brain. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So think about this for a second. Have you ever had an overwhelming thought? No, you've likely had a thought that triggered what an overwhelming feeling. Okay. Right. The feeling is, ah, oh, that feels really heavy. That feel right. Right, so right. Those feelings are very important, especially in this electromagnetic field that we resonate in and we hang out in. We're broadcasting and receiving information. And so people tell me all the time, oh, Ben, I think positive thoughts all the time, but nothing happens. And I ask, well, how do you feel? Oh, like crap. Okay. Well, that's mind and body in opposition, right? You may think all the positive, you thought, all the positive thoughts you want. And when you send that signal to your heart, which is your feeling center, it's opposition. And that's why we don't get the results we want. We have to have brain and heart coherence. And there's a lot of data and science around this. There's the Heart Math Institute. There's the Institute for Noetic Sciences that studies all this. Like this is, 
This has been studied for decades, right? And so we broadcast this information and then we focus our attention on our reality, right? Based upon our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, right? What do we believe is true about us? Um, and what do we believe is true about the environment? In other words, the world. So we have, I like to break down the two views. We have our self view and then we have our worldview, right? So if my self view is, man, I'm not very good. I'm not smart enough. My product's not that good. Or gosh, I have these limiting self-defeating beliefs, right? And then I have a worldview. I'm like, oh man, the government's out to get my money and the economy's bad and the Fed's been raising rates. You're going to have a really hard time creating any sort of fruitful reality for yourself if your self-view is limiting and your worldview is limiting, right? And so you get stuck in that paradigm and then it continues to replay to you, right? Okay. And so you want to try and break out of that, right? And, and I know we talked about, we mentioned the reticular activation system. That's a very powerful tool either for us to be reinforced in a negative viewpoint or reinforce this in a positive viewpoint. So what reality do you want to co-create? Like, what do you want to come back to you? What experiences do you want to have? And that's all driven by our beliefs. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I don't believe we're a victim of our circumstances, we're a victim of our interpretation of our circumstances. Mm, the stories that we tell ourselves. Absolutely. And that's all based yeah. upon these beliefs. And it makes sense why we have these limiting beliefs. You know, the, 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 the data shows that children growing up are eight times more likely to be reprimanded than praised. Mm. Okay. And hey, what was that thing you said to while we're here and start before I forget? Because I've actually I've had I've been lucky enough to have many conversations with Ben, which is why I was like, listen, we're going to talk about the reticular activating system. So we don't totally go off the rails and we're close right now, but that's, <laughs> you just got to go with it. Well, I'm trying but, to regulate how important the I know, but you mentioned, system. I know, I know, I know we're, we're good. We're doing good. But, um, you, you mentioned kids and you said this at the, at a meeting not too long ago and I can't, I didn't quite have it. What was the thing you said? It was like between the how, ages of one and seven. No, no. It was about growing up and your, and your, and your feelings on money. Oh, yeah. So if you want to like, you know, and it's very important. Because you asked the question. Yeah, I asked you the said, question. I'm going to ask this question. If you want to understand what drives your money beliefs, just finish this question, right? Finish this statement and answer the question. Growing up, money was blank. Okay. For me, it was scarce. Single mother struggling to put me in a good school district. Money, it was a lot of stress and anxiety around money. Very scarce. That, dr that drove my money beliefs for many years. Right. And money could also be, oh, my parents said money was the root of all evil or money was the cause of my parents divorce. Right. Or money came, but never stayed. Uh, you have to work really hard for money. No pain, no gain. So as a child, when we're between the ages of one and about seven or eight, our brain is in what's called delta and theta brainwave patterns, which there's no analytical facilities in those brainwave patterns. As a kid, you just take that information in as true. Right. So think about what was going on in your environment between the ages of one and seven or eight. That's the Jesuits even said, give me a child until the age of seven and I'll show you the man because they knew mm -hmm. this is where the subconscious was programmed. Right. So these create our money belief systems. And then we go on the world and go, oh, yeah, money's really hard to get. Oh, no pain, no gain. You got to struggle. You got to suffer. It's scarce. And then you build all these anxieties and beliefs around it. And then through your reticular activation system, 
it just keeps presenting itself as true for you. But it's not a, what I call a fundamental truth, right? So right. there's fundamental truths are true no matter what situation, time, space. It's true no matter what. And there are very few fundamental truths. We mistake our beliefs for truths, <laughs> right? Yes, because those are the stories that we're telling ourselves. Correct. And local reality isn't real. We've already learned that. We've established that already. Right. Okay, well, you asked, so. You asked what energy was. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. And that's always the fun part of these conversations. So let's talk about, let's talk about the RAS. Mm -hmm. Because being in sales, obviously, we talk about it quite a bit. Hey, let's set our RAS. What do we want? What do we want out of this meeting? You hear, I talk to my kids. I'm like, listen, you got to picture the ball coming into your hands and you holding it and not dropping it, right? Mm -hmm. But let's talk about A, where, what it is and where it is yeah. just to get going. Sure. So uh, the RAS is known as a reticular activation system. It's actually a part of our brain in our neurology that is a filter. And that filter uh, filters out 85% of what's actually going on and it only allows in 15%, right? So, and the reason it does that is because there's so much stuff going on. Like our brain can't absorb all of the information, right? Like when you're in a room or a coffee shop, there's people talking, there's music, there's all these different noises and sounds, and your brain can't take all that in. So your brain uses this system, the RAS, to focus on what's important to you. And that's driven by number one, your beliefs, and then what's currently important to you, right? So give me an example. Um, pregnant women, when they're pregnant, they see children, every, they see pregnant women everywhere, right? That's the RAS. It's currently important to them, right? Let's say there's a particular car you really want. And as soon as that starts to happen and within you, you go, you see that car everywhere. Everywhere. There's, right. There's many examples of it. That's the RAS. And it's within our neurology and our brain. And it filters out things that are not important to us, Right. And what's important to us, and that's driven by, again, our belief system and what's currently important to us, right? So our belief system is a big driver of that. If I go, oh, man, money's hard to get. Oh, sales are really hard. My RAS is going to activate on that. It's going to filter out 85% of what's actually going on and show me 15% of what my beliefs are, right? So that, that, and that's a very, and then people say, well, Ben, that's not been my experience, Right. You say that sales can be easy or you say, you know, money is abundant or relationships are easy or, well, your your RAS is programmed to limitations because you've allowed it to be programmed by default, which is usually from survival. Because, again, children are reprimanded eight times more than they're praised. And we also have this very primitive part of our brain that was des designed to keep us alive when we were cavemen and women. You know, we would scan the landscape for anything that could hurt or eat us, right, or kill us. And so if you're constantly planning for the worst case scenario, you have a higher chance of survival. But nothing's trying to eat us, <laughs> right? We just receive an email and it triggers us or we have this limiting belief that, that keeps replaying. And so our RAS is programmed by these things. And so unless we start to take charge of that RAS and say, no, 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 that's, that's not the reality that I want. I need to actively reprogram my RAS to a life that I want. And you can do that by first observing whatever beliefs you have, right, around that. And if you go through the work, you usually find out that that's ultimately a lie. It's just a narrative you told yourself 
by a child childhood experience or some other past experience. It's not what I would call, again, a fundamental truth, right? So if it takes 21 days to make or break a habit, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. Do you feel like the RAS, if you're going to reprogram your RAS, right, you're going to start to break down the the false stories, the false beliefs that you've told yourself and rebuild in new stories. Can it follow the 21 day? What's been your experience in recreating these? Well, these? It de- yeah, it depends on how strong those thoughts and negative feelings are. Because you have neural pathways in your brain, right? So neurons that fire together, wire together. So if you have a thought that repeats, and we have 70 to 80,000 thoughts a day, and the data says that 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had the day before. So it depends on how grand those thoughts are within your neurological pathways, right? So you can do what's called neural pruning, which is when you decide to have different thoughts, those will prune away, and then you'll build new thoughts. But there's another component to this that most people don't talk about that I think is even even bigger anchor in this is that what emotions am I addicted to? Right. Oh, so gosh, those. Yes. Right. That's so because crazy. I, again, the people who've been like, I knew this girl, she was with an abusive man for forever. And then she wasn't anymore. But her emotions still were that stressed all the time. Right. So it was she, crazy. So here's what's happened in that situation. So that's why I'm trying to answer this question of does the 21 day rule apply? Well, how addicted are we to these negative emotions? If there's a light addiction or not a heavy addiction to the negative emotions of I'm not good enough, this doesn't work, and I haven't been conditioning my biology to those chemicals, then it can move relatively quickly. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's a thing in the base of our brain called the hypothalamus. It controls all the hormonal centers of our body. So there's a neuropeptide for every emotion, right? So if I'm angry, there's a neuropeptide for angry. And when I get angry, my, my hypothalamus triggers my hormonal centers and flushes my body full of neuropeptides for anger. Those neuropeptides flush through my body and latch on to the outside of my cell. And that's why I feel angry, right? That's that that's, that's chemical reaction, ah, right? Or if you feel joy or bliss, that's a chemical reaction. Well, if I'm in anger or depression or I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, more than I am in more positive emotions, I'm actually conditioning my cells because they're being bombarded with that to be addicted to neuropeptides for anger. Hmm. So here's the great news though. We reproduce 20 to 30 million new cells every few seconds. Just in this conversation, we produce, reproduce billions, if not hundreds of billions of cells already, right? Okay. It's just naturally happening. When those cells come in, they're not predisposed for any chemical addiction. They come in clean, right? So if you're starting to observe your feelings and go, oh, no, that's not the version of who I want to be, right? So if you don't have a heavy chemical addiction, you don't have to do that biological chemical reprogramming, right? Because it's not just a neurological thing. It's a biological thing. And most people think it's just thoughts. It's thoughts and feelings. And in fact, when we become so heavily, heavily addicted to emotions, our body will influence our thoughts because it's an addict, right? Oh, no, no, do something to get pissed off because I need my anger chemical, right? And so that, that when you ask that question, well, it depends. Sure, 21 days, absolutely you can do that, right? But what kind of heavy chemical addiction do you have? And so to me, it's very important to understand, well, this is just an addiction and you can change that. And awareness is the tool, right? So you can catch yourself before the momentum gets going 
too negative in one direction. You go, no, no, no that's not that's not the feeling or emotion I want to have. I want to have more abundant and uh, fulfilling and empowering beliefs and emotions, right? And when you do that, you catch yourself and you start to observe yourself. What's happening is you're no longer the program. You're now the observer of the program. And that's how you start to reprogram your neurology and your biology. And so to me, when you're doing that RAS, you can do it relatively quickly or it can take a little bit longer. But being self-aware and observing the thoughts and feelings you're having and deciding to have different thoughts and feelings is how you reprogram this whole operating system. And then when you start to do that, your RAS will start to shift from the negative mindset, 15% that keeps coming to you. And then you're going to start to see all these other opportunities open up. Opportunities that probably came right by you, but they weren't presented to your brain because your brain used the filter of negative to filter out 85%. Why is it so hard for people who've who've lived in negativity to accept the change and take the change? Because change can be scary. You know, uh, there's a guy who uh, I love his work. I've been to a couple of his workshops. His name is Joe Dispenza, and he has a great saying. He says, um, people are addicted to the life that they don't even like. Mm. Right. So they become addicted to the life that they don't even like. And so change can be scary. Right. It's the unknown. Right. They know they don't want to be like this, but at least it's familiar. Right. At right. Least, at it's least the it's devil a, they know. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so people, the devil I don't know could be worse. Right. And so people will start this change process and then they'll get scared and they'll come back into, well, this is familiar. And we oftentimes mistake. Correct or we often mistake familiar for correct mm. or right. Oh man, this doesn't feel right. I'm like, no, 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 no. That doesn't feel familiar. Very different, right? And so we have to understand that on the other side of all this is changing, right? And unanchoring ourselves from those emotions and those thoughts and beliefs. And when we do that, it's a bit of a process, but you're reprogramming yourself. So to me, that's why it's important. Like, hey, you need to understand how this operating system works and why you're feeling friction and why you're feeling resistance. It's just the old programming, not giving up, right? And you're having some fear around the unknown. And, and the ironic thing about the unknown is people, oh, I'm afraid of the unknown. No, you're, you're actually not, right? Because it's unknown. There's nothing to be afraid of. What we're afraid of is what our mind or our subconscious is projecting as a possible outcome of the unknown. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. So and where where is that coming from? Us. Where's the solution to that? Us. Interesting. Right. And I actually was uh, coaching somebody through this because they, you know, they had something happen that was, oh, it's going to be tough. I'm like, no, I understand. And I I'm not about denying emotions because when you deny emotions, and you're just trying to push them down. It still gets stuck in your physiology. <laughs> right. Like it's still there. Like men are notoriously great at doing this. No, no, don't push it down. Keep it down. No, no, we're not going to, we're not going to deal with that. We're just going to keep stuffing it down. I tell people, don't worry. It'll get big enough. Something will break. <laughs> right. Cause it's going to get stuck in there and it's going to keep building up and then it's going to explode and you're going to have the hospital or some other situation. Right. But when you were a kid, I, I, I I'm not sure, but when I was a kid, uh, did you ever go to an amusement park for the first time as a kid, whether it's Disneyland or some sort of thing like that, like something that you went to as a kid that you didn't know what it was going to be like, but you knew it was going to be great and you were super excited about it, right? We okay. can all have some event like, I don't know exactly what this is, but man, it's the unknown and I'm so excited about it. 
I'm so excited about it, right? Well, think about that for a second. It was the unknown, but you were super excited about it. To me, when you can get into those states, then you're way more open to the possibilities of solutions coming, right? Like if I'm in fear and anxiety and stress, and my RAS is programmed to that, I'm gonna keep getting those experiences as opposed to all of the opportunities and potential opportunities out there that the, the, the universe or God or the divine or whatever you wanna call it can bring to me. And quantum physics says all possible realities all exist right now. It all simultaneously happens right now. And if you open yourself to all those possibilities, you're way more likely to receive them. And so when you're in fear and stress and anxiety, you're actually pinching yourself off partially through your RAS to all those opportunities. So to me, it was an exercise. Hey, do you remember that experience as a kid? Yes, heightened emotional event. It's programmed. Oh yeah, I can totally remember that as a kid. Go back to that emotion. A problem came in, but there's a solution that could show up out of left field that you have no idea about, right? It can absolutely happen. Stay in that emotion because that's gonna put you also in a much better place to operate within your business and inter interact with people as well, as opposed to fear and anxiety. Mm, that sounds much more fun. I swear every time I talk to you, I learn something new. I would encourage all of you to give Ben a call. You can ask him, and I wrote this down because, and we're not going to talk about it now because I can't do it. We don't have time. <laughs> ask him about Marvel and quantum physics and just let him put it all together for you. It's fascinating. I also have the Lebanese Peace Project. So ask him all of those things. Yeah. And uh, you're going to be amazed. Ben, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I already feel smarter. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How can people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, you can email me at ben at benlbauer.com. My website um, is ben, I'm sorry, my, my website is emergent-mind.com. Uh, um, and then my Instagram is Ben underscore Lee underscore Bauer at, you know, Instagram. That's kind of where you find me there. Um, so those are the best ways to reach me, you know, email, um, my website, Instagram, uh, website's going through a uh, rebranding right now. So, but it's, it's still up the, the old one. Oh, so we can find you. Yes, good. you can. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I think we did pretty good conversations with Ben. I never know where they're going to go. And so when I had him on the podcast, I said, you know what, let's, let's talk about the RAS because I kind of love setting my RAS for things. And so it's always good to get somebody else's perspective and learn something new all the time. And now it's time to learn something new about insurance. So this is a change that's going to be happening soon. And you're going to start to see this more and more as aerial drove work and aerial work becomes more and more common. You may have gotten your insurance policy 10 years ago. And when you did, they did an inspection on your property. They may have said, hey, we need to trim back those trees. There's some area here that needs some freshening up. Maybe you had to seal in some cracks from bricks or replace some um, decaying soffits. They're going to start doing that again. They're going to do an aerial inspection of your house. They may find some things. So it's going to be really interesting as an industry to have homes that we haven't moved their insurance in a long time. And now the insurance company is going, uh, hey, there's too many trees on top of this house. That represents a hazard. What if the tree falls? We're going to need you to cut those back. I'm just putting it on your radar now. It's coming. 
Call us if you want quotes and get new perspectives on your insurance. We'd be happy to do that for you. Go to GibAgencyDallas.com to connect with us. You can see stuff about this blog, the podcast, see stuff about the podcast on the blog, and all the other good things. All right. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.